0: Bye. Hop in and welcome aboard. It's your boy once again, Lance Fernandez, and this is the Limahan Basketball Podcast, a podcast on Philippine basketball, be it professional basketball, semi pro basketball, collegiate basketball, other commercial basketball leagues, or anything and everything about basketball under the Philippine sun. Our podcast is now available, and we're very excited. That you can listen to the Limahan Basketball Podcast at uh, Spotify and Google Podcasts already for uh, Android users. Soon enough, uh, we'll be available at Apple Podcasts. We'll let you know once that happens. And we're also available at uh, other platforms where you get your podcasts such as uh, Pocket Cast and others. Right now, we're going to have a very packed episode. Of course, we're going to talk about the PBA Philippine Cup later and the MPPL Dadu Cup National Finals. But right now, we're going to talk about our boy wonder, Kai Soto. Kai Soto, we all know, he's already in Atlanta in the USA uh, doing some physical conditioning and training in preparation for wherever he might uh, go next, be it in a club in Europe or possibly in an NCAA school in the United States. And because of the skill set and um, the physical traits that he has, uh, former Gilas head coach Raiko Toruman, also former head coach of Barako Bull, has no doubt that he will be the first Filipino ever to be drafted in the NBA. Because he is 7 foot tall, he has um, respectable shooting, he has the physical attributes, and he has a good sense of basketball IQ. So the talent is there the seeds has been has already been planted all we need to do is to polish it and um, to make it even better to make uh, a Kaesota 2.0 uh, version um, NBA ready or even NCAA ready at this point of his career uh, there's also some reasons that um, his uh, trip to the US is a good one it's a big check mark actually for his development and growth because if he opted to stay in the Philippines, he would just dominate everyone. He would just stay in the paint, play center, block shots, um, shoot some hook shots or medium range jumpers. And he won't be as push as he is when you go to Europe or even in the U.S. Because in the U.S. or even in Europe, 7'2 people are normal. There are people who are as tall, if not taller than him, in those leagues in Europe or even in the collegiate basketball in the U.S., so in that way, he will have tougher opposition. And of course, as we know, pressure always produces diamonds. And we're hoping that the diamond in the rough that is uh, inside Kai auto will eventually develop. Once he gets he gets pushed around by uh, older and uh, more mature players. Once he gets tested by um, possibly even more talented centers or big men than him. And that will help him... Uh, grow in terms of experience because you can only teach so much theoretically you can only teach so much by training and by physical conditioning but you really have to experience it for you to improve so right now there's no doubt that Kai Soto can make every Filipino basketball fan's dream of seeing a purely born Filipino go into the NBA he has the hype. he has the physical attributes he has the skill but it's still um, years away from being declared, or Kai Soto is still years away from being polished. But this is a good step forward for Kai Soto and the family of going to the U.S. and um, uh, basically pushing all their chips at the center of the table. Because with what they are doing now, they're risking a more secure future for an even brighter one. And that would eventually be good for the Philippine basketball program because just imagine the knowledge that Kaisoto can bring back to the country once uh, he gets to play in the US NCAA. That's why we have to pray for him. We have to follow every step of his way uh, and of course uh, throw uh, our support to him because there hasn't been a prospect like him from the Philippines maybe like forever. Kobe Paras and Ray Ray Parks no offense to them they're talented players but there's an abundance of abundance swing men in the US and even in Europe just go, go to any team and there's like 2-3 people that play the same position as them and even um, Javi Taguilar he might be tall and he has um, he has uh, mid-range shooting and um, he can knock down jumpers but that's basically your stretch 4 and those, there's also a lot of them in NBA, in the NBA right now. Tell me uh, an NBA team that doesn't have a stretch 4 in their roster right now. And that would be impossible to do. Because that's how the change that the, the NBA style of play is going. So we now have this kid, 16 year old kid, who is now 7'2". We're not sure if he can still grow a couple of inches taller hoping and praying for that but now that he is trying his best to improve himself by going out of his comfort zone and exploring what is uh, out for him to be uh, conquered of course we're throwing our support and our, our our prayers to Kai Soto because ultimately his success story will be a good boost boost to the talent that resides in Philippine basketball. So even though the men's basketball tournament in the UAAP is still in its off-season, seems like the Ateneo Blue Eagles have already started their title defense. No, it's not against any other UAAP team, but rather, it's uh, by the way they demolished the MacDavid apparels in their recent PBA D-League game. They limited their opponents to 31 points, which is the lowest in D-League history, while scoring 106 points themselves. The first quarter, after the first quarter, the contest was a foregone conclusion with Ateneo signal. Ending the first canto 31 to 6, and it's Ateneo the rest of the way. Uh, well, let's face it, Mac David is not one of the best teams in the D League, but still, I believe that the voice of Coach Tob Baldwin is sending a message through this game that if the other seven UAAP teams won't bring their A game, they would get demolished by the Blue Eagles. Anj Kwame, who is still in his second year of collegiate basketball, so he still has four years left because Season 82 hasn't started. He finished with a double-double. Of course, 30 Laverna was at his best yet again, and Mike Nieto also chipped in in double-figure scoring. So it will be difficult to defeat the Ateneo Blue Eagles once you slip up so here's a moment of notice for the other seven teams in the UAP that Ateneo is still the team to beat they didn't lose much in the offseason their 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 core is still intact and with their core still intact with championships experience and um Kamil learning more on how to play his role then they become a deadlier opponent of course all of the schools have bolstered their lineup, they have improved um, th- their teams, but the Blue Eagles are still uh, still the team to beat because of their cohesion, of their team play, and of course working under Coach Baldwin's system, which is somehow patterned to the international style of play, uh, the ones that European teams use. The ones that we always see in FIBA basketball competitions that though they are great individually what makes them formidable is how they play together how they pick their spots and how they rotate once one player goes to this space one has to adjust to go to the other so as to maintain their good spacing 106.31 is no joke I mean it's not that David didn't try. I, I believe they did try, yes. But the signal Ateneo was just too much for them. The The highest scorer for the team was Marlon Monte who had 11 points for David, And I believe he's the only one who is in double figures. So even though um, talent-wise, it's a mismatch, Ateneo did not slip up and Ateneo did not underestimate their opponent. Instead, they played their game, they, they brought their A-game, their best, and managed to drop David for a 75-point blowout. And that game should be reviewed by the rest of the UAP teams because in a nutshell, that's sending a message that's Ateneo sending a moment of attention to the other teams that we're still here we're still the team to beat and if you don't bring your best then chances are you would fail So what do the Avengers and the Davao Occidental Tigers Coco Life have in common? Both are now dealing with the endgame. Of course, as you know, uh, the latest Avengers movie will be out soon. And if Davao doesn't win Game 4, it's over. San Juan wins the MPBL Dado Cup National Championship. Ironically, it's also during the endgame of Game 3 that uh, the the words of Coach Don Dule faltered they were thrown off by San Juan's uh, zone defense that it practically converted their offense into a dribble drive um, variety that one person tries to penetrate and then the San Juan defenders clamp on defense to seal the lanes that sometimes when they try to kick out there are no shooters there or San Juan will be able to recover to where the ball is going and that Gave the Tigers a hard time to win Game Three, even though it was close. After three quarters, they even had a chance to steal the game. They um, went as near as three points, but um, end-game jitters and turnovers did them in. And of course, Jonard Clarito was just excellent down the stretch with its with his hustle plays and offensive rebounds that he converted into baskets. And of course, the energy that he brought to the San Juan team cannot be discounted. And even though Mac Macardona struggled during game three, Clarito was able to compensate for his offense. So, Davao has to um, be wiser. Davao has to be uh, more decisive with their plays and with their execution, especially during the end game. Otherwise, they're just basically giving the title to San Juan already so come game 4 it will be the same raucous crowd it will be the same uh intense atmosphere of two teams trying to vie for the title of the Maharlika Pilipinas Basketball League but Davao has to be more mentally prepared Davao has to be more um fluent or more uh fluid rather with their execution with the basketball especially in the home stretch otherwise San Juan's defenders will just eat them up and that home crowd will get into their head so Davao Occidental Tigers it's been a great season but game 4 will be the biggest test in their MPBL history because they are staring at the end game already Maybe San Juan has the Infinity Stones. We don't know. Well, they're not Thanos. They have defeated them once. So they're not invincible. All they have to do, for the Tigers, play their game. When San Juan shows zone defense, that they have to move the ball in sort of a motion offense type of uh, scheme. That... The four guys at the perimeter should not just stand there waiting for the ball. Rather, they must move and flow and space the court, pick up the open spots to consti- cont- continually confound the Sun Juan's defenders. Otherwise, if they don't do that, the Knights will be able to shut them down. The Knights will be able not only to block their shots but contest them. Or come away with a couple of steals or deflections that can sap their shot clock, leaving them with nothing, leaving them with no points. So Davo must prepare. They they do have they do have what it takes to defeat San Juan. They can match up with this with the wards of Coach Randy Alcantara. It's just that it's all in the mind now. Throw away the stats throw away the analytics boils down to heart boils down to mental toughness and basketball IQ because if the same miscues happen in game 4 then not only are the Avengers have their endgame also the Davao Occidental Tigers will experience a bitter endgame while seeing the San Juan Knights hoist the MPBL Dado Cup trophy at the center of the Phil Oil Flying V Center in San Juan. Just like in long races such as marathons and Formula One contests, What's more important is how you finish rather than how you start, although you could have an advantage being at pole position or being the front runner, but you can lag but you can run out of energy and eventually you can just falter if you lose the energy to finish the race or you lose um, gas or you lose uh, a bolt in your car that can mess up the entire system. and. That seems like what's happening in the Philippine Cup series between the San Miguel Beermen and the Phoenix Pulse Fuel Masters. As we can remember, the Fuel Masters were able to defeat San Miguel in their lone preliminary round matchup and Phoenix raced to the number one seed after the eliminations, whereas the Beermen struggled, won... Enough games just to enter the playoffs, and now they have a two games to zero advantage against the top seed in the PBA Philippine Cup. And it seems like Phoenix is also acting in an act of desperation by trying to be extremely physical against the beermen. That Junmar Fajardo in an article at Spin.ph. Um, said that he's just um, holding his emotions and not trying to um, let the physicality of the Fuel Masters get into his head. Whereas Arwin Santos also mentioned that they are not retaliating because they are um, focused to their goal, which is to claim their fifth straight Philippine Cup. And it seems like these tactics... Whether whether or not you see it as dirty or whether you see it as part of the game. One thing is for sure, Phoenix is on panic mode already. Because no matter what they do, San Miguel always has a counter for them. Game 1, they quickened the pace, led by 6 points by the end of the first quarter. But San Miguel shooters picked picked their spots dominated the rest of the way even though June Mar fouled out at only 9 points the likes of Alex Cabagnot uh, Marshall Lasseter and Chris Ross picked up their spots uh, picked up the uh, carried the offensive load that enabled the Beermen to draw first blood first blood rather then in game 2 Phoenix led by as many as 12 points but with San Miguel you cannot let your game slip away. You rather have you always have to play four quarters against them because they have proven time and time again that they can overhaul big leads in a snap of a finger. Remember what they did against the Magnolia hotshots in the last PBA Philippine Cup Finals, wherein they came down from like 18 points to clinch the title. If they did that with 18, what more with 12? And that's what happened. By the end of three quarters, the game was tied. And of course, the championship composure and experience of San Miguel just came out. Even though the Fuel Masters were trying to be chippy with them, trying to body them, box them out physically, and play hard nose defense with them, they still found a way to win to claim the victory and to claim a 2-0 edge. So this coming Holy Week, not only will the Phoenix Pulse Fuel Masters have to reflect on fate, or rather reflect on how they can come back to the series. Because it seems like San Miguel is holding them by the neck and all indications are leading to the Beermen entering another final series. But... But if there's one thing that they have to do in order to have a chance, to have an opportunity to win and overcome the mighty beer men, they have to spread the ball better and they must not let the pace down. They must continue to run and run and run because that's where they're good at and that's where they're strong at. The beer men are not comfortable doing that. They cannot, they, they'd They rather uh, have an offensive set in the half court rather than keep on running down the court because that's the way the beermen are built. So come Sunday, Game 3 will happen between these two teams. And we will await if there's a resurrection about to happen for the Fuel Masters. But if they keep on doing the same tactics, if they keep on doing their same schemes and routines, it's not impossible for the Beermen to have a 3-0 advantage. And that would practically end the series. Phoenix Fuel Masters squandering a good preliminary round, while San Miguel again reiterates that they are the favorites to win their fifth straight PBA Philippine Cup. going back to the physicality of the san miguel phoenix series christian stan Hardinger was uh, fined twenty thousand pesos for the flagrant foul two he committed against uh, calvin Abreva, while um, the beast was also fined fifteen thousand pesos for flashing a dirty finger uh, in front of the television cameras uh, dog kramer also uh, was fined five thousand pesos for the flagrant foul one he committed against the Kraken June Marfajardo. However, all three players uh, were not suspended and uh, they're expected to play in Game 3 on Sunday. So, continuing this podcast, uh, we have discussed San Miguel and Phoenix, and now we shift to the other PBA Philippine Cup semifinal series. Rain or Shine Laster Painters versus the Magnolia Hotshots. And it seems like the uh, the Painters were in total control of the series even in game three that they were leading majority of the way however there's one thing that Magnolia found in the second half of that game energy that's what they miss a lot when Mark Pingris went down to injury and up to now is still in street clothes at the bench Because Mark Pringris may not score the most points, but the energy and the passion that he brings to the game is so infectious that uh, it can spread out to all of the hot shots. And it can make them uh, alter their game, elevate their game rather. And that energy was provided by Ian Zangalang who scored 16 points all in the second half while toying with the defense of the likes of Bo Belga and Norbert Torres. Finally, Magnolia is back in the series after Rainershine Shine dominated Games 1 and 2, most especially Game 2 wherein they made uh, the game a living hell for the hot shots. Every time, one of the Magnolia players would uh, go up for a shot. One of them would contest, one of them would contend, and with, when someone from Magnolia tries to penetrate down the lane, they would clamp down on defense, and they always have a hand up in every ball that Magnolia tries to attempt. That's why by the third quarter, it was a foregone conclusion that Rainer Shine will have a 2-0 advantage because that's how masterful their defense was, and it doesn't hurt that Their shots, especially from three-point land, are also falling. So that combination is hard to beat, and that's why Magnolia went down in an 0-2 hole, but now they're back in the series by winning Game 3. Ian Sangalang provided the spark. Of course, Mark Barocca and Paul Lee also delivered the goods. And that would be the same approach... The same philosophy that they should have come game 4 if they want to not the series and basically transform it into a best of three. As Rain or Shine has the younger legs, the fresher guns, and the young guns are really contributing very well. The likes of JV Mokon and Ed the Kiwag and Raynam Batak can shoot the lights out and then control the game According to the pace that they want to. But if Magnolia has to match that up. They have to bolster their defense even more. They have to close down on the shooters. Because they can match tit for tat in the interior. They do have Bruisers and Brondial. And Rome De La Rosa. And even Kyle Pascal. And even Sangalang and Rafi Vives. But... Game 4 I believe will be a battle of the perimeter because both teams cancel each other out at the paint and it will be up to the guards to try to open the shaded area by converting their shots. Whoever can control the mid court and the 3 point line will eventually win the game because these two teams are already defensive in nature, and any bonus that they can get from scoring is a big plus. If Rainer Shine has to win, no doubt James Jap has to wake up and be like Big Game James once again. If Magnolia were to uh, tie the series, two games apiece. Rome del Rosa and Justin Melton should show up. Play their A game and try to add to the usual production that their team gets. So game 4 of uh, Raider Shine against Magnolia will be played on Monday. So both teams will have lengthy time to rest and maybe throw in one practice session before the game and the hotshots suddenly have become uh, a potent opponent for the Painters, that there are no pushovers just like what happened for two games and three quarters so it turns out to be an interesting series more interesting than the other one because San Miguel seems to be dominating their opponent. And by the way things are going, it's highly possible that this will boil down to a seventh game, winner take all, for a chance at the Philippine Cup title in the PBA.